1: Welcome
2: in, Rob Black in your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing and more. Anything you want to talk about? We can talk about. Um Oh good gosh. The whole airline issue. The German wings co pilot was treated for suicidal tendencies. I don't even wanna like that's world news that I kind of want to leave on the table. I can always try to make an issue out, financially speaking, out of anything. You know, people who die have a monetary value. Um, we know this, and I know it's weird to even say out loud, right? So if you're in a car crash and you, you know, strain your neck, an attorney knows the monetary value of that strained neck. If you're in an airplane and Die because of a pilot error or mechanical error. A lawyer knows the value of that death. Basically, what is that death? It's loss of income for life, um, plus happiness and other issues factored in. Weird to think about, right? But that's kind of what I think about. I think a lot about the monetary value of X, Y, and/or Z. Um. Markets open up. Chinese stocks are higher on government stimulus talks. European Economic Index upbeat. Shanghai Index rose 2.6% to the highest level since March 2008. Um, I remember the good old times of the Chinese Shanghai Index was at all-time highs. Well, we're partying like we're there again. A Bank of China official noted the bad news that GDP growth could fall below 7% this year, which of course is good news for the stock market, woo, 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 woo. because that means the stimulus might be forthcoming. We are going to have to deal with this at some point in time. We are in a stimulus, how shall we say this, uh, uh, junkie, you know, what am I looking for here? Uh, we need, we need, we need. As far as monetary policy goes, we need stimulus. We're, we're addicted. Ah, that's the word I was looking for. Elsewhere out there, industrial production for February was reported down 3.4% from February after a 3.7% January gain. Production's down 2.6% from a year ago level. European Commission's Economic sentiment Index for Europe rose. Stronger than expected in most European stocks up on that news today. No big corporate news of broad importance. Greece is due to submit economic reform proposals to a variety of European agencies today, but there's no news yet out there. The ongoing saga between will they or won't they? He loves me, he loves me not. He loves me, he loves me not. That's the whole thing with Greece and Europe and It's just annoying. Um, The ongoing saga might actually lead to a default. If yield curve and debt agency indications are to be believed but most market participants expect a last minute deal or at least another kick of the can down the road. The Iranian nuclear negotiators face a self-imposed deadline on the end of this month. Um, Taking a look at the calendar, it's pretty darn close to the end of the month, right? Are you with me? Are you against me? Gotta pick a side. Um, a stronger dollar pushing oil prices lower this morning. February personal income rose 4 tenths of a percent, and personal spending was up one tenth of a percent. So that's the economic data that we have kind of today. Uh, you have a little more political news out there. Marco Rubio Lane plans to announce his presidential bid in two weeks. Further sign that the early sparring position in the 2016 race for the White House is starting to accelerate. Uh, so that's going to be a big thing next year. Who's going to get elected? And you damn well better believe that that has an effect on Wall Street. What sort of Congress do we have? Divided or united? Um, elsewhere, out there United Healthcare is buying Cataran for twelve point. billion. This is a interesting deal bulking up its pharmacy benefit business as spending on cutting edge drugs is growing concern for employers and insurers. Catamaran the fourth largest pharmacy benefit manager in the U.S. by volume. It's going to be merged into UnitedHealthcare's Optum Prescription Unit, industry's third largest and part of the Optum Health Services arm of the healthcare giant pretty big premium, a 27% premium they're purchasing them for. So pharmacy benefit managers, PBMs, they typically work for employers and health plans managing the pharmacy benefits and seeking to negotiate favorable prices. You have to have scale to negotiate. Big consolidation in the pharmacy benefit sector. Um, big consolidation. All those individual players are in play. Teva has agreed to acquire Ospex, increasing the Israel-based drug maker's presence in the market for treatments for central nervous system disorders. That's two big deals in pharmaceuticals. Hmm. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Volvo has decided to open a plant in the United States after years of losing out to Mexico in the race for new automotive assembly plants. The U.S. is about to notch a victory. Volvo, owned by a Chinese company, is going to spend about $500 million to build a new vehicle plant in the U.S. Decision comes weeks after Daimler plans to spend about half a million dollars to build a Mercedes-Benz factory in South Carolina, a move that followed a string of automakers choosing to locate new factories in Mexico instead of the United States previous to that. So U.S. manufacturing jobs. So you hear a story like that, and you're like, yeah, those are jobs. And jobs equal people spending money. People spending money equals supported economies. Supported economies equal higher Wall Street over time. 800 uh, uh, 516 Just a little bit more color on the Mexico angle here. Volvo's move basically stems the tide of investments. Aimed at Mexico, where labor rates are a fraction of the U.S. costs. Automakers and parts suppliers have earmarked more than $20 billion in new investments, with many executives citing an array of free trade packs as the reason for the decisions. So, labor rates. Again, jobs. Why do you think Volvo chose the U.S. over Mexico? And why do you think Mexico has won a string of jobs? from the United States because of labor rates. The auto industry is probably the biggest, quote unquote, union um, perceived business in the United States. So, labor does play a very important part. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Stocks surged at the opening. Uh, A little bit of the United Healthcare buying Cataran merger Monday, we always like to see. Uh, U.S. oil storage crunch, it might actually cut oil prices lower. U.S. is running out of places to stash its overflow in oil supplies, starting to further drive down crude prices. Some people see oils going as low as $20 a barrel. That's tough for me to imagine. I work with what I have in front of me, but wow. Let's take a break here. We'll be right back. It's Rob Black at Your Money. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at robblack.com.
1: Darkness and shadow la atención.
2: Talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. A local bank in Amish country flourishes. I know, you're thinking Harrison Ford and the movie Witness. Some of you probably weren't even born or thinking about movies back then, but uh cop goes undercover into Amish County. Yeah. So it's a pretty interesting headline. There's a bank of bird in hand. It's literally called Bank of Bird in Hand. It caters mainly to the local Amish community. Doesn't offer online banking. It's sole branch, does have a drive through window that can accommodate a horse and buggy can accommodate a horse and buggy through the drive-throw. It's based in the rural village in the heart of Amish country. Bank of Bird Hand is the only new bank to open in the United States since 2010, when the Dodd-Frank Law was passed and enacted. An average of more than 100 new banks a year opened in the three decades before Dodd-Frank. Bankers say the drought is a sign of new regulatory requirements in the wake of financial crisis, which are boosting expenses and discouraging potential startups from even trying There was demand for a local bank. Amish country. The Amish part of the world, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Let me throw this out there because I think it's worthy of note. Um, It's terrible. I know you're saying, yeah, I never really dated an Amish girl. Or, I never really knew an Amish dude. It's a very small community that's incredibly inbred. Uh, to the point that genetic d- diseases that you know have one million chances continually hit that community. Their tree doesn't have that many branches on it, as far as families go. Last year, the more than six thousand locally focused community banks in the United States increased their combined by about nine point one percent loan demand. So high in Lancaster County that if there would have been two of the banks, there would have done more business, i.e. people are waiting in line to do loans in Lancaster County, and the Amish in particular. Um, What does that story tell you? I think that story should probably tell you a lot. Uh, A lot of regulatory requirements, number one. It's tough to open a bank in this day and age. Number two, if you have a service like... You have a service you accommodate it to your customers, their demand. So, a bank having a drive through bank clearly or drive through window accommodates horse buggies. Pretty smart if you're going to live in an Amish country. Again, start thinking now of like Chipotle who do they accommodate? People 18 to 35 who want fresh, fast food, quick service. Restaurants, QSRs, Uh, who does McDonald's accommodate? Not the, the palate for sure, right? The diner's palate is left at the door at McDonald's. It's all about volume of food for cost. And over time, you get addicted to it because it's incredibly salty. Um, but that's neither here nor there. So always, it's something you like, should look at all the companies in your portfolio and go, who are they, you know, who are they accommodating? Who what service do they do? We're a service-based economy, and even an Amish bank and buggy story has something to tell us, at least me. 800 516 to get your calls on the air. U.S. consumers spent slightly more in February following two straight monthly declines, and their income rose by a healthy amount. Uh-oh. Anytime you say something like that, you're talking about inflation. Income rise, that's an inflating income, Right. So we're spending edged up one-tenth of a percent, one-tenth of a percent, following declines of two-tenths of a percent in both January and December. The result reflects a four-tenths of a percent increase in non-durable goods such as food and energy. After three straight months of declines there from the falling price of gasoline, gasoline has stabilized and even started to rise. Durable goods were down one-tenth of a percent as auto sales weakened. Durable goods are goods that are meant to last more than three years. I think refrigerator or washer and dryers are typically big-ticket items. Income grew a solid four-tenths of a percent in February, matching January's rise. Keep in mind, a lot of America, Walmart, Target, TJ Maxx, all promising uh, to change their pay scale and changing their pay scales for the better of their worker. Economists are hopeful that continued strong income gains will equal better consumer spending in the future. So 70% of our economy tied towards the consumer. Income grows faster than spending. With income growing faster than spending, that's a good thing. The savings rates actually jumped to 5.8% of after-tax income, up from 5.5%, and we're saving more, which typically most people will spend what they save. So strong employment of the past year should help Janet Yellen, make the case that, hey, the economy is doing okay. We can raise interest rates. You don't need to be on monetary support. Think of that as life support, but for the economy. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. Something that I throw out there is that I I think America is woefully unprepared to retire. For millions of Americans, 401k plans have fallen short. $18,433. $18,433. That's the median amount in a 401k savings account. Your 401k is supposed to last you from age 60 to 100. 60 to 90, 60 to 80, 60 to 70, whenever you die. You don't know. You don't have a crystal ball, so let's assume 60 to 90 or 60 to 85. The median amount in a 401k savings account, according to a recent research report, is $18,433. Almost 40% of employees have less than $10,000 even as the proportion of companies offering alternatives like defined benefit pensions continue to drop. Older workers do tend to have more savings. At Vanguard, for example, the median savers age being 55 to 64, they've got about $76,381. But at that level, even at that level, $76,381, millions of workers nearing retirement can't leave the workforce. How much do you need to leave the workforce in your savings account, in your 401k, your 403b, your 457? Ten times your salary minimum. So if you're making $70,000 a year, you need $700,000 to $1.4 somewhere in that number range. 76000 is woefully unpre- un- un- unprepared for retirement if you're 55 to 64. Got to up that amount, people. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and in more. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm not always right. I admit that. The show's not always perfect. I admit that. What I try to do is show you trends and try to show you investing concepts. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. Um, markets are all higher. Last week was a pretty rough week. The week before that, pretty good week. Trying to figure out the direction of the market on a day-by-day basis is just silly. I wish I didn't have to give the numbers, but I feel I have to give the numbers because I feel that you want to hear the numbers. But I don't know if that's true or not. Um, mobile. Smartphone users. Mobile is altering landscapes where Google operates. And that's the biggest question on Google right now. I think Google's is screaming by if things stay as they are or were. But we move forward. When federal antitrust regulators probed the search engine business three years ago, they found that Google's domination of the field was even greater than they had thought. Since then, though, mobile... Revolution has drastically altered the search landscape in many ways, both good and bad for Google. Smartphone users spend most of their time in apps rather than browsing the web, and they conduct fewer searches than personal computer users. Among those who do search, though, Google controls an even greater share of them on their computers uh, versus their computers. So Google is pretty interesting at these price levels. When the government of Europe, the European government, the EU is probing you because you're monopoly, that typically means you're making a lot of money. That typically means you're getting most of the business in that area. Something to think about. As a positive, yes. As a negative, potential headline risk, yes. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton, host of Focus on Wealth, heard daily from noon to one on this very station. Mr. Burton, you are a CFP, one of the things you do are financial plans, and when you retire, you should have a financial plan worked up. Um, one of the things I think that confuses p- people is how much stocks versus bonds should I have? Because there's old rules of thumb, and there's new rules of thumb, but there's also dynamic situations where you know people can throw that scenario still out the window. Yeah. You know, the 60-40 stock to bond and pull out 3 to 4% per year, mm, if you've got too much money or too little money, like that may not be right for you.
3: No, like I've said before, what you do is you have you know three years' worth of portfolio draws in cash, and you have your allocation that you, you take your dividends and interest from that, and then you pull off growth to replenish what you've spent, and that over time will equal typically a 4 to 5% draw rate. same time, if you're super wealthy, you could have three to five years' worth of expenses in cash, and everything in stocks if you can handle the volatility as long as you don't sell when there's a big decline. So it's, it's different for everybody. Um, the typical allocation that I see for most retired people that, you know, take a risk tolerance in depth questionnaire, and then they have enough assets to actually retire three years worth of expenses in cash and the rest in typically a 55, 45 stock bond split or 65, 35. Um, if you're doing much less than 50% or so in stocks, you better hope you have a lot of money because your fixed income isn't going to be earning a lot in the next five years.
2: Now, with you know, we go through interest rate periods that are low, interest rate periods that are higher, more normalized. Does the strategy change?
3: Well, I mean, here's the deal: we we think about the stock market and everything is returning to the mean, right?
2: And in, I don't know. It's,
3: in theory, the, when the stock market has, I mean, it's averaged 11% for the last 100 plus years. Um, but the longer you deal with a low period of interest rate environment, you know, the mean actually ends up coming down after. After a while. So, you know, an average fixed income portfolio would have earned 5 to 6% if you had to run those numbers prior to the year 2006.
2: Do um, you ever get worried that, you know, you said we always return to the norm, but you hear economists, you hear market strategists say, you know, we're going to be in prolonged low interest rates for a long – it's going to be the new norm. Like we're going to have to continue to do quantitative easing three as every time we – four, five, six, whatever it is. Right. Um, that we're gonna always going to have to come back to these policies because when you start raising rates, people won't be normalized. They won't find them normal. They'll find them super high.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's the issue is that the are these economies going to get addicted to quantitative easing? If you look at the stock market chart, every time some sort of level of quantitative easing was announced, yeah. big uh, big, big jump in the stock market. Every time that quantitative easing period ended, there was a decline. There was a correction of usually around 7 to 8% then another announcement of a continuation, and then another uptick in the market.
2: Would that so, hey,
3: yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a real issue that we have to be concerned about. And the good thing about low interest rates is that it helps the stock market.
2: That's fair, if you're in the stock market. Mm-hmm. So, but um, if you
3: have an underallocation to stocks, you're hurting. Right.
2: I'm with you. Um, as far as having enough stocks versus bonds, um, do you tend to skew for your clients more towards value? Or is it, it depends on the scenario. Yeah. I mean, like I've said before,
3: I like dividend growth model of companies that have a history of raising their dividend year over year. Um, but we also look at things like growth and revenue. So I'm not looking for high yield stocks. If a stock has 1% yield, but a history of raising their dividend, yeah. um, and it looks like, you know, strong free cash flow and everything else, it's going to, it can make the portfolio. So it's not about yield. I think investing for yield for the high dividend will make your stock portfolio way too sensitive to interest rate re- movements. I like growth and income. I like the combination of the two.
2: Are you just using a Bloomberg terminal to screen for histories of dividend increases and
3: Yeah, yeah, we can we can create a screening list that looks at uh, you know companies with yields over 1%, over so we don't like to trade small cap stocks. We let the funds uh, do that if we're going to get small cap exposure. Um, so we have You know, quite a few factors that go into the screen and narrows the stock universe down to about 250 companies that make that screen. And then we try to diversify among the different sectors.
2: Okay. Anything else we need to know about this topic or is that about it?
3: No, I I think that people just need to be aware of of the volatility that's going to be in their portfolio if they're taking more risk and they're using stocks for the yield. And rather than panic and feel like you have to sell when there's a 10, 15, 20% correction – you need to take a breath and relax and say, "Is this company still increasing their dividends? If they are, don't sell. Um, unless there's something fundamentally that's going to affect their free cash flow, kick back and say, okay, 'Okay, I'm going to get paid to wait.'"
2: Last thought: Would you prefer that people be in ETFs that have dividends, or would you prefer individual stocks that have dividends?
3: Most people should just be in ETFs. I mean, you're, you're seriously you're paying, you know, six tenths of one percent in many cases to have a very diversified approach to to these stocks. And when I got into the business, most mutual funds were charging over 1%. And so it's almost free to invest these days.
2: CFP, Chad Burton, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, Amazon is talking about getting into the business, or they are getting into the business, of household chores. Oh boy. Amazon's extending nationwide an offer. It's connecting shoppers with local service providers, such as, like, satellite television, uh, auto parts, handyman market. So you need someone to come clean your house, Amazon can send it. The initiative is known as Home Services. It's Amazon's latest effort aimed at industry commerce giants. Customers never have a reason to leave their site. Um, Amazon's been testing a service, which helps connect customers with professionals like electricians and yoga instructors since the fall in cities like New York, LA, and Seattle. The offer is designed in part to help customers find services after making a purchase on Amazon. You buy a car stereo, they can suggest a car stereo installer. You buy a baseball bat, they can install, give you, you know, an ex-professional player who teaches in your hometown. Be interesting to see if it sticks. It seems to me like, do I ever have to get off the couch? Can I have someone come put food in my mouth? I need, oh wait, even better, I need someone to chew the food before they put it in my mouth. Right? Elsewhere in the world of technology, in China, Facebook is banned. It's ramping up efforts to make money, though. Facebook is hiring in Hong Kong. They've tapped a second local partner to reach advertisers, and they're waging a charm campaign to draw more business from Chinese companies, even though Chinese users can't use their service. The aim is to pitch Chinese companies to the benefits of reaching Facebook's 1.39 billion monthly users beyond China's borders. Um Other companies whose services are blocked are also intensifying competition on the mainland. Google, who pulled some of its services out of China five years ago for censorship concerns, unveiled a Chinese language developer channel on YouTube. They recently opened its Google Play Store and Chinese app to developers, for Chinese app developers. Twitter opened its first Hong Kong office with an eye towards gaining more advertising business in China. So even though their citizens can't use your product, you want to advertise in the United States, or you want to advertise outside your country, China, that's good by us, so says Tech Giants, Twitter, Facebook, and Google. Interesting how powerful billions of people are. Right? Jay-Z, music mogul, he's unveiling today his blueprint for high-resolution music streaming service, Title uh, Press invite for the event went out last week. The hip-hop icon made a $56 million bid for the company, Espiro. It's indirectly owned by S. Carter Enterprises. The Scandinavian company, Espiro operates two music services, pretty similar to Spotify, but super high-quality music. Interesting. We'll see if it catches on. People will pay a premium for their music. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more.